0: No, you're responsible for that boy it was an accident i've gone to the mat with the civil authorities for you i'm urging them to take into consideration your youth and the strain that you've been under cut the bolt nobody in here is young anymore excuse me if i don't shed any tears over your lost youth you've had your chances to toss it in you've got this chance the governor is this close to ordering us to take you in by force now when that order comes i'll do it and you won't ever be that unhappy again i'll have to do it sure i know what they want us to do they want us to be good little boys now so we can fight some war for them in the future some war they'll decide on but we'd rather fight our own war right now for god's sake brian we're talking about boys so young There's never been any qualification for a soldier the final stage of any mobilization is the children the seed corn what in god's name did they teach you in here What did they turn you into? A soldier, which is the only thing I ever wanted to be. A soldier? No, damn it. I'm a soldier with the career goal of all soldiers. I want to stay alive in situations where it ain't all that easy to do. But you, my friend, you're a death lover. Oh, I know the species. Seventeen years old and some son just put you in love with death. Somebody sold you on the idea that dying for a cause is oh so romantic. Well, that is the worst kind of all the kinds of bull there is. Dying is only one thing bad. Don't find that out. Please. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, will be there on the double.
1: Whenever there's a problem, Round Adventure Bay, Ryder and his team of pups will come and save the day. Marshall, Rubble, Chase, Rocky, Zuma, sky. yeah, they're on the way. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, whenever you're in trouble. Paw Patrol, Patrol, We'll be there on the double. No job's too big, no pups too small. Paw Patrol, we're on
2: a roll. See? everybody. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from the movie Taps from, I think, uh, 1981, about a group of uh, teenager military students uh, at a military school that are fighting to keep the place uh, keep the place open while the uh people that own the property want to turn it into condominiums and they're and they're holding their holding their place much the way that the uh the um, misdirected and uh misguided youth in uh in Seattle, Washington has taken over a big section of of Seattle and watching and just deciding hey this is how this part's going to run and we're just going to stop everything. We'll talk about that more in a little bit, but I just thought, hey, you know, this is this is Taps. And for those of you that haven't seen it, it's a very good movie. It's uh, Timothy Hutton, Tom Cruise. as you know, When all these guys are kids, Sean Penn, Ronnie Cox, George C. Scott, there's a whole bunch of – it was a great movie back in 1981. Probably not the same level of uh, movie making as we have today. That song was uh, the Paw Patrol uh, theme. For those of you that have little kids, you knew it. And for those of you that have grandkids, this has to be – the most, the, probably the most popular show on Nickelodeon for every little kid right now and has been for probably the past five or six years. It's a group of uh, puppies and one's a cop and one's a fireman and one's a rescue worker. And uh, one of them has a little flight thing that she does. She puts on her uh, little puppy thing so she can fly and they rescue people. But today... With the, with the anti-cop movement, they're, deci- they're wanting to, to squelch this, this series and take the cop dog out. This is the most ridiculous pile of crap I've ever heard. And, uh, you know, we all know it. We all see it. We all see how, how stupid this country has gotten. Somebody needs to speak up. Somebody needs to speak up and I'm going to speak up today and I hope you guys fall in line and do the same thing and speak up to the misguided and misinformed and just the the, the people that are just so stupid out there that they think this, this movement can uh, can actually happen. Uh, but before I do, um, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, whether that's refinancing a piece of property you own or purchasing a property that you'd like to own. If you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me and get some information, but you don't want to talk on the phone because it's so personal that you don't really want to answer any questions that I might ask, which we're going to anyway, at some point, but go to edhoffman.net. That's E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the summit funding logo. That'll take you to my lending page and uh, you can fill in as much information as you want me to have and tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Brian Goodman, Aaron Fredericks, Eric Marquez, or Cody Bradbury. We'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. If uh, there's something you hear on the show that you want repeated or you want to share it with somebody, you can get the podcast also on EdHoffman.net. Just click on the podcast page; you'll see this show as well as, as well as several past shows. You can also uh, get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can subscribe for free. Have it uh, every every week. We upload it, and you can have it automatically download to your to your computer or your Droid or your iPhone or your iWatch or your iPad or your iPod your mini pad, your maxi pad, your computer, whatever you can listen to podcasts on and you can uh, listen to it on demand. Uh, Follow me on Twitter uh, at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. Facebook page for the show is facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. I think I got all that stuff. I got a lot of material this week and I want to try and get through it all uh, before I run out of time. So uh, House Democrats unveiled a bill Monday, for reforming the policing policies in the wake of George Floyd's death. His brother, Phil Floyd, testified before Congress and urged them to support the reforms. You watch your
1: big brother, who you looked up to for your whole life, die? Die begging for his mom? I'm here to ask you to make it stop. Stop the pain. Stop us from being tired. George called for help and he was ignored. Please listen to the call I'm making to you now, to the calls of our family and the calls ringing
0: out the streets across the world.
2: Well, I don't want to, uh, to say anything against anything that Phil Floyd said. I think there's a learning moment here for a lot of people here. You know what? We have to understand that everything we do, everything we do influences people around us. Our kids look at us, our younger brothers and sisters, our younger employees that we're around and they look up to you and we have and we influence them and we have to be careful about how we do that uh let me play a clip from american gangster just a few words uh, i've been thinking about some things you know if you'd have been a preacher
3: your brothers would have been preachers uh, if you'd have been a soldier they'd be soldiers you know you know that. I mean, they all came here because of you. I mean, you called and they came running. Right. That's because they, they 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 look up to you. Uh, they always expect you to to know what's best. But even they know you don't shoot cops. Even I know that. even knows it. Right. The
1: only one who doesn't seem to know is you.
2: You know, and I and I'm not implying anything about shooting cops. I'm implying about being aware of the of being an example for people around us and uh, and all the young people. And I think about I'm uh, I'm doing some pre licensing for my license in Montana, um, and it's really it's two hours of of uh, of online online uh, testing to uh, to get a license to do loans in Montana. And, and I think about this, it's kind of, it's kind of uh, routine. It's kind of busy work because most of the laws in all the States are about the same. But I think about, I think about, cause I know we've been doing this since 2010 when the NMLS uh, licenses came out or uh, rules came out for licensing across the country for loan officers. And I know loan officers that, that have their secretaries do the pre-licensing for them. And I know loan officers that have their have their teenage kids do it because it's just busy work. And I think to myself, what kind of example is that setting for their kids? I think about cuz you know we had someone in our, in our company years ago that that actually did mine for me without even asking me and she goes, "Oh, I already did that for you." And I'm going, mm, "I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with not doing what I'm supposed to do because I just don't think it sets a good example. And I know it happens out there, but you have to think about all the time. Everybody's watching you all the time. You know, it's, uh, uh, it's a lot of the things that I've been talking about, people taking advantage of these, uh, paycheck protection program and all the relief things when they do it, when they didn't even get hurt by this thing and they're just sticking money. You know, it's, you know, it's uh, you don't do the right thing. Sometimes you do the right thing all the times. You know, winning is a habit. Unfortunately, so is losing. So you know what? Uh, and that's a line from uh, Vince Lombardi. But the uh, but you know people need to pay attention to what's going on. So let's get back to this uh, new uh, police uh, reform bill. Parts of the Democrats' 136-page bill are getting Republican support and will undergo changes in the House Judiciary Committee next week. Currently called the Justice and Policing Act of 2020, the bill would change the standard uh, prosecution from from willfulness. To recklessness in federal criminal statute on police, so it's not a matter of did uh, Derek chavon uh, did he did he kill somebody willfully? He did something or did he do it recklessly It's the same it'll be, be the same thing It would make make uh, this a more of a first degree murder instead of a second or third degree murder, but they change they change that that uh, that little that little word there. Um, I don't know that I have major problem with it um it would refer it would reform qualified immunity which means americans would be able to recover damages if their constitutional rights were violated by police officers uh so right now it's you know somebody searches you or asks you to to or they pull they pull you over they need they need reasonable suspicion that something's wrong you know they see you uh, violate a traffic law they see something, you throw something out the window. They have to have reasonable, reasonable suspicion. Now it's now it would allow those people, hey, if you have reasonable suspicion, they pull you over. You could actually sue the police, the police department for violating your constitute your, your uh your uh constitutional rights. Well, I'd have constitutional right not to be harassed. You know, this is this is gonna be this is a slippery slope. This is overreach. And you, you know, my my concern is. The cops are out there to protect the innocent, not to just catch bad guys. And so they have to use their instincts. And in the, pro- in the process of, of trying to control the police, they're going to damage those of us that, that don't break the law. And I think they need to have a little bit more, uh, more uh, leeway to make judgments. It would grant subpoena power to the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division. I eh, don't know what the point of that is. Hey, you know what? They're going to, hey, every now every, every time there's a, there's a person of color that gets pulled over, the civil rights department is going to try and make it into a, a black and white thing. Hey, you want to keep racism alive? This is how you do it. It would incentivize States to conduct pattern investigations of local police departments and create structures for in investigating police-involved deaths. I think we already, do, I think they already do that, and I think we talked about that last week about what they find. Um, it would establish a national police misconduct registry that that officers who engage in misconduct would be on record for departments across the country. To, to see so if uh, and if an officer is, is fired for misconduct and tries to get a job working for the police department anywhere else in the in America that department will know he why he was fired I think that's a good thing I don't think that, I think I think quite frankly we should have that for all employers because uh, right now someone could actually do all kinds of bad stuff and if I fire him someone else someone else can uh, call for a reference and I'm not allowed to say any of it uh, they the only thing they can ask are they eligible for rehire and I could say hell no so, uh, but I'm not allowed to elaborate that. It would mandate state and local law enforcement to turn over data on use of force broken out by race, gender, disability, religion, and age. Okay, I think that's already tracked. Um, no different than how we do it in the mortgage business. To make sure we're not discriminating against any particular people other than people who have bad credit. It would change the standard for use of force. Currently, officers can use force when they believe it's reasonable. Under this bill, it would, the police would need to use force that was necessary. So I don't know, is this, uh, is this trying to get them to have to prove that they were scared for their life? Uh, I think cops have a right to go home, they have the right to go home alive. Um, I think this is probably not fair. It would require federal law enforcement officers to wear body cameras, which they do, and limit transfer of military grade equipment to state and local law enforcement. I think that's already there. It would ban no-knock warrants in drug cases inspired by the case of uh, Brianna Taylor, who was killed by police in Louisville, Kentucky last year while she was in bed. Uh, I think that's unnecessary. I think, uh, you know, if you know you're gonna surprise some people in drug warrants, um, You know, mistakes are going to happen and they need to be taken. I don't think, I don't think you change laws. I don't think you change law that you change people by changing laws. You know, bad cops are bad cops. And I don't think you, you, uh, you tie their hands so they don't have a chance to catch, catch crooks. Remember the police are there to protect us. And finally the bill would ban police chokeholds, which is how George Floyd died. I think that was banned a long time ago. I don't think, uh, Sticking your knee on the neck is, is, uh, is, a, uh, is a police uh, procedure, and it's going to ban some police procedure. Hey, you know what? Let's just make murder, murder against the law. That'll stop people from killing, won't it? Oh, yeah, murder is against the law since uh, Moses got the Ten Commandments, thou shall not kill. Um, I think that was uh, part of it. And still, that's not enough for, protest to, for protesters who want Congress to somehow magically defund the police. But instead of speaking out against that, Nancy Pelosi threw them a bone with this statement.
0: True justice can only be achieved with full, comprehensive action. That's what we are doing today. This is a first step. There is more to come.
2: Yeah, Nancy, but apparently your uh, 30 or 40 years in, in uh, government hasn't taught you anything. That legislation, legislation doesn't change behavior. It only just changes the, the laws and bad people are still going to break the law. And uh, while we're talking about uh, her police reform, uh, you might have seen the photo op that Nancy Pelosi and uh, Chuck Schumer led the Democrats in. And they all had a little uh, nine minute moment of silence wearing something that's called a kente cloth, uh, which is an African uh, royalty kind of uh, uh, garb that originated in Ghana uh, for African royalty that were slave owners. And, uh, you know, even the, liber- even the liberals thought it looked stupid. But you know what? They're not talking about it so much because they only want to talk about Trump's photo op and how that came to be. But, you know, it's, all, it's, obviously, a, it's obviously a one-sided argument with the media. So let's talk about what would happen if cities were to actually defund the police departments or if there was some act of Congress that mandated it. Here's a, here's what might happen when you call 911.
0: Thank you for calling 911. Due to the defunding as a result of the marches against police brutality, there are no officers available to respond to your emergency. At the end of this message, please describe in detail why you are calling, and a member of our team will return your call within four to five business days. Our services now include social workers, therapists, and mediators. For example, if somebody is robbing your house, we'll send out a mediator in four to five days to kindly ask them to stop. If this is a life-threatening emergency, please hang up and ask your higher being to help you.
2: Exactly. You know what? Hey, you know what they say when, when we argue the, uh, the gun laws and the right to bear arms? You know, when, the, when, the, when seconds count, the police will be there in a few minutes. Now, take this to the, to the other side of the coin. When, when seconds count, when minutes count, they'll be there in a few days because we're not going to have any police. You know it's it's so idiot, idiot. You know it's so it's so asinine, it's so idiotic that I can't believe that it's being taken seriously at all because this can't happen. Meanwhile, some of our cities are still being overtaken by rioters. The worst example this week is Seattle, where uh, where a mob of Antifa people and other militant activists have taken over an entire Capitol Hill district. uh, Or a CNN reported in their attempt to minimize it, a small six blocks section. Here's Fox's Dan Springer with the real story. Uh, They're calling it the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, I've also seen the name Free Capitol Hill. And right in the center of it is the Seattle Police Department's East Precinct. Police said today that they are boarded up and abandoned the building on Monday after receiving a credible threat that criminals within the protest group were planning to burn it down. As we looked around the police free zone today, we saw roughly 20 tents, lots of graffiti and barricades at each of the six entrances. A local station got video of several guards armed with assault rifles, they are asking for identification before letting people in and police have received reports of the armed guards demanding money from some businesses inside their area yeah can you imagine can you imagine that can you imagine that happening you know what 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 just is unconscionable to me is watching these kids deface public property or personal property that's not theirs going up and painting on the side of business, you know, I built, built our building where we are, and I know how much, how much the cost of every little piece of material went in. You know, hey, I want it to look like this. Well, that's an extra $50,000 as opposed to just stuccoing the whole thing. Let's put planks across there. You know, they got these big concrete block outside of buildings that, you've, that you see in a lot of business areas, and they're painting on them. They're painting stencils of the big fist of Black Lives Matter thing and say, you know what, somebody has to clean that up. Somebody, you know, this is going to take, cost gazillions of dollars because these kids, these misguided idiot kids are being left to just, oh, just, it, it, you know, just let their emotions out. This is bull. This is bull. This can't happen. This cannot happen. Hey, they need time to protest and it's, it's legal. This is not legal. This is not legal. And if, it, and if it doesn't, if you watch this and it doesn't anger you, check your pulse, you might be dead. Um, Thursday morning, the president addressed the chaos with this tweet, radical left governor Jay Inslee, who, by the way, told us a year ago that he was, uh, qualified to be the president of the United States and the mayor of Seattle are being taunted and played at a level that our great country has never seen before. Take back your city. Now, if you don't do it, I will. This is not a game. These ugly anarchists must be stopped immediately. Move fast. To which the lovely... Jenny Durkin, the mayor of Seattle said, make us all safe. Go back to your bunker. Hashtag black lives matter. What this is. You know what? Keep voting Democrat. Just keep voting Democrat and watch our country swirl around the toilet till it finally just flushes down. This is, this is everywhere where Democrats are running States where Democrats are running. You know, do you, do you like what you see in California? Do you like that? We were back from Arizona for three days before my wife was saying, I want to go back. No, she goes, she walks into Stater Brothers and uh, she walks up there and some big cop, it's probably a security guard, but wearing a bulletproof vest and a mask. And he says, says, do you have a mask? She goes, yeah, it's right around my neck. So she pulls it up over her face and uh, he goes, where do you live? She goes, why? He goes, you live here in town? Yeah, I've been coming here for 20 years. You know, what? Is, that the, is that the world we want to live in? A police state? A police state or an anarchy state, you know, it's just, it's just not right. And, you know, it's all spurred by people afraid to tell other people the truth about what's, how the world works. So anyway, while well, what nobody else is talking about, everyone's uh, heard the testimony of George Floyd's brother. And uh, what's making less news is the testimony given by Angela Underwood Jacobs. She's the sister of security guard Patrick Underwood, who is also black, killed by rioters in Oakland. Police
3: brutality of any kind must not be condoned. However, it is blatantly wrong to create an excuse out of discrimination and disparity to loot and burn our communities, to kill our officers of the law. It is a ridiculous solution to proclaim that defunding police departments is a solution to police brutality and discrimination because it's not a solution. It gets us nowhere as a nation
2: and removes the safety net
3: of protection that every citizen deserves There
2: are other voices in the black community making sense this week. There are other black black there there are other voices in the black community that are making sense this week oh i 'm sorry, I did that wrong. There are other voices in the black community also making sense this week. The president held a round table of black conservatives on Wednesday where we heard some some truce that the media doesn 't want us to hear here 's Kareem Lanier who's founded the Urban Revitalization Coalition with the president's friend, Pastor Darrell Scott.
1: This administration has been marred by a crooked cop like James Comey and others going after you and cre- creating things that just were not there. The impeachment, uh, was—it was it's not real, but they can do that. And our community has been affected by that in a way that it's hard to explain. I tell people this all the time, this whole, situation with this policing, it's not new to black people. It's a part of our community. And so we do need some things to happen on the police reform side, which will connect with the great things we've already done historically with criminal justice reform. And we know that you're the president to get it done.
2: You know what? Uh, one of the things that that uh, Kareem Lanier starts off with there is about crooked cops, James Comey. So we saw the last three and a half years, the, the country taking over, Trying to trying to get rid of President Trump by crooked, illegal, dishonest uh, hijack of the of the whole government that started with James Comey and the Hillary administ- the Hillary Clinton campaign and the and the DNC and we saw that taken over. So while we're focusing on bad cops, let's not let's not be under the illusion that it that it ends starts and ends with Derek Siobhan. And it, or that it's only it's only people that cure, kill black people. There's a whole bunch of them out there and it needs that we need to drain the swamp. Hey, I got a whole bunch more of to, to good stuff to, uh, to, to play for you. But first I gotta, we're gonna take a break for five minutes of traffic, weather, and commercials. Don't go away, got a lot more coming. Paw Patrol,
1: Paw Patrol, we'll be there on the double whenever there's a problem. Hey, Marshall Rubble, chase Rocky yeah on the way Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, trouble will Patrol, Patrol, we'll be there on the double no job too big no-
2: and welcome back to part two of the main event my name is Ed Hoffman with Summit funding I don't talk a lot about real estate and finance but if you hear someone on this show that sounds like they think like you and you need to find out about buying a property or refinancing the property that you have, or uh, talking about that new uh, that new uh, financing tool, that reverse mortgage thing. If you're over 62, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, area code 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net Click on the summit funding logo and we'll talk by cyberspace. So uh, anyway, we've been talking about uh, talking about, you know, I'm thinking about that Paw Patrol song. You know, if the Democrats and the Black Lives Matter have their way, the Paw Patrol might be the only people to, to uh, take care of us. So uh, unfortunately, they're cartoons and uh, which means they really don't exist, which means. Most of the fantasies of the democratic of the Democrats and the Black Lives Matter movement of how we fix this country, those don't exist either. They're fantasies. They're cartoons. You know, uh, Joe Biden, he's a cartoon, Mr. Magoo. So uh, anyway, I get on my I get on my uh, on my on my roll of my on my soapbox. So anyway, so we're talking about uh, some voices in the Black community that have actually made sense. Here's here's a voice. A black conservative that most of us have never heard of. One of my listeners sent me this. Sent me a video. It was a Facebook live, and uh, and then I forwarded it to to multiple people. I think uh, I think this lady, Bevelyn Beatty, she's my new hero. First she first she talks. I'm gonna play this little part where she's where she's talking about talking to white conservatives.
3: Let's start with the white white um, conservatives, okay? Why is it, okay? that you guys can't just tell people the truth? Hmm? Why is it that you know the truth, but you're so bound by color that you can't tell the truth? I have a question. Are you scared of telling me the truth because I'm black? If I'm wrong, are you scared to tell me because I'm black? Shouldn't you just tell me that I'm wrong? If you know that what I'm saying and the things I believe in have discrepancies, do you feel bound by your own skin color that you can't tell me the truth? Huh? I like to know that. I don't understand why we are not waking up. And I'm addressing the white conservatives first because I feel like you guys have already kind of taken a stance, a conservative stance to really stand in truth. And now all of a sudden, I'm seeing a lot of you backing out. I'm seeing a lot of people being bound by their skin color to where they can't tell the truth because they have a certain color of their skin. I'm not understanding that. White people, why? Do you know this is a disjustice to us? Do you know that you're helping, you're just as bad as the white liberal when you feel intimidated to tell the truth just because you're white? I don't understand why is it that you guys continue to allow bullyism to control you? And if you, even you have some, some that are bold enough to come out and say, you know what, this is how I feel, these are my discrepancies and you're unapologetic about it. But white conservatives it's time to stop being apologetic you need to be unapologetic you should not be bound by your skin color to the reason why you can't tell someone the truth okay i, I, I listen that's an injustice to us
2: yeah i would uh, i would agree and finally someone someone from the from the uh black community has called us all out on it and you know if you're not prejudiced then just tell the truth doesn't matter what color somebody is the truth is the truth then she then she gets on to white liberals
3: white liberals this is my question with y'all why are y'all so deceived okay i got a question am i a charity case do i look like i'm a charity case do i look like i need people to go out with black lives matter signs and and protest because i'm being discriminated against it, are you more privileged than me Am I less than you? Am I just another descendant of a slave? Sweetie, guess what? I pay for my meal just like everybody else here paid for their meal. I'm drinking my water just like everybody else here is drinking their water. And there's people of different races here. I drive a car just like every other race drives a car. I have a nice crib. I got a good job. I make decent money. I got an iPhone or whatever kind of phone. I got internet. I got everything else that any other person of any other race would have. I have every opportunity that any other person of any race would have. So where does the inequality come? And my question to you is this. If you feel like black people are so discriminated against, and if you feel like we're not treated equally... My question is, Did civil rights actually work or was it a failure?
2: Exactly. And people, people think they have to stand up for black lives matter. And I will tell you quite frankly, when I see a hashtag black lives matter, it offends me because it tells me that black lives matter, but not all lives matter, you know, white lives matter too. And brown lives matter. And, and blue lives matter. Every, every life matters every life. So You know, this this reminds me of a clip from the movie Remember the Titans.
1: Now, I may be a mean cuss, but I'm the same mean cuss
0: with everybody out there on that football field. The world don't give a damn about how sensitive these kids are, especially the young black kids. You ain't doing these kids a favor by patronizing them. You're crippling them. You're crippling them for life.
2: Yep, so let's do a favor and stop feeling sorry for these kids and telling them that life is harder for them because of their color because guess what, my life wasn't easy either. I don't know anybody who's ever accomplished anything that has had an easy life. Oh, but oh but it's but I have white privilege. That's a bunch of BS. We all have to pay a price. You know, it's funny how God, God has, won't give you the desires of your heart without until you're ready for it. And he makes you pay the price. I told my kids, Hey, I hope you don't have to pay the same price that I paid because I went through some stuff. I wouldn't want anyone to have to go through, but you're going to have to pay your price. Whatever it is, this is your, it's going to be your price. If you guys are going to be successful in life, you're going to pay a price to get there because that's just how the world is. That's how God made it. You're not, you're not entitled to have the riches of the world or have the, or have the pleasures of the world, you're entitled to pursue happiness. That doesn't mean you get it for free. That means you have the right to pursue it. And if you're, and if you're tough enough and if you're strong enough, you'll get there. You'll get there. You have the right to pursue that. It doesn't mean you have a right to be happy. You have the right to pursue it. Let's not get, let's not get out of context here because, because a white cop killed a black guy. We had a bad cop that killed a man. And I understand that, that uh, you know, that, that black people see it different. It's a, it's a white man killing them. I understand that. But we don't, I don't, that's not okay. Because they'll never think different. Nothing will ever change as long as we keep uh, patronizing that, that thought. Oh, it's, 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 uh, it's I'm, I'm underprivileged because of my color. And that's, that's BS. Everybody had this is the land of opportunity. So let's talk about something that kills more African Americans at a higher rate than any other population group. It's not the police brutality. It's not even black-on-black homicide. It's a medical procedure that's been legal for almost 50 years. We're talking about abortion. In 2011, the the CDC released an abortion surveillance report with these stats. Black women make up 14% of the childbearing population, yet 36% of all abortions are obtained by black women. At a ratio of 474 abortions per 1,000 live births. So that's like a third of pregnancies uh, are aborted. Black women have the highest ratio of any group in the country. But nobody's talking about that. Uh, Of the 44 million babies who have been aborted in the United States since Roe versus Wade, 19 million were black. White women are five times less likely to have an abortion than black women, which might be because 79% of Planned Parenthood surgical abortion facilities are located within walking distance from minority communities. And maybe that's because. And maybe for those of you that that uh, haven't read any of Dinesh D'Souza's books or watched his movies, maybe that's because the founder, Margaret Sanger, the one who, who founded Planned Parenthood, uh, was known as a racist and a eugenics promoter who wrote about abortion being a great way to to diminishing the black population. Apparently, those black lives don't matter when it's coming to to uh, the Democrats protesting and the black people protesting. They don't, you know, hey, Black Lives Matter, except for the ones that aren't quite out of the womb yet. It angers me. Anyway, uh, so now we're heading into the third week of the protests in the streets. And that begs the question, what happened to all the warnings about we would be killing each other from coronavirus if we held any gatherings? Isn't that why 3.7 million high schoolers across America didn't get a proper graduation this year? Weren't we told that families couldn't have funerals for their loved ones because it would uh, put more people at risk? Didn't we hear Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York, uh, rank on a Jewish community that had a, uh, a, a funeral? He goes, I'm gonna go down there and if you guys have to disperse, you can't be doing this. Remember all that shaming in the media about Americans having Memorial Day gatherings? Here's CNN's Don Lemon just two weeks ago.
1: A massive crowd
0: of people crammed together As if it were just an ordinary holiday weekend despite the risks of a virus that has killed more than 98,000 people.
2: And then here's Don Lemon this week praising the rioters. If anyone is judging this, I'm not judging this, I'm just wondering what is going on because we were supposed to figure out this experiment a long time ago. Our country was started. Because this is how the Boston Tea
0: Party rioting. So don't do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before. And then this is so terrible. And where are we and these savages and all of that? This is how this country was started.
2: Yeah. Can you say uh, hypocrite? Oh, I'm sorry. Hashtag hypocrite. Make sure because make sure everybody knows this is the hypocrisy of CNN, MSNBC. And the entire Democratic Party, the message they're sending out. The White House points out that churches still aren't in the clear to, make, to meet freely, but protesters are. Here's a reporter's question to Kaylee McEnany on Wednesday. Uh, we've seen thousands of people in the streets protesting, exercising their constitutional rights. Those, of course, doing it peacefully. Uh, at the same time, churches in many cases told to limit their gatherings. In some cases, to ten or no more. Does the president see a double standard there, constitutionally speaking? And if, you know, can you explain, please?
1: There, there are absolute um, double standards that we've seen, um, where you had an allowance of outside gathering and protest, but indoor churches could not gather, even with socially distanced protocols. Um, he absolutely sees an issue. There have been. Some- Several cases pointed to where people attending church in their cars were targeted by law enforcement officers. Um, so that that's unacceptable.
2: This is about this is about principles. You know, people only have principles when it's when it's convenient. You know, principles are only principles, as they say in the uh, contender. Principles are only important when you when you stand by them when it's not convenient. And guess whose advice doesn't seem to matter anymore? The man who we were all supposed to pledge our unconditional obedience to for the last six months. Dr. Anthony Fauci. Now the National Guard members in DC are testing positive for the virus. After responding to the riots, he's giving more warnings and nobody cares.
1: Unfortunately, the report of the National Guardsmen being infected is certainly disturbing, but it is not surprising. When you get congregations, like we saw with the demonstrations, as we have said, myself and other health officials, that's taking a risk, and unfortunately, what we're seeing now is just an example of the kinds of things we were concerned about.
2: Can you get the feel for the for the uh, the illusion they're trying to pull over on us? Can you find out the scam uh, that's, that's going on? I uh, I mention it. I mentioned it to uh, one of my clients that I said, "Hey, you know what? The coronavirus. I think it's a scam, and uh, it's a scam." And uh, and he said, hey, I respect you as a broker, but uh, I'm just done. I don't want to hear that. Okay, fine. But it's the truth. But it is the truth at what's happening. So uh, one of my guys, his, uh, his wife is a physician's assistant at Kaiser. And uh, I don't remember what city, um, but it's out there, uh, Chino, Diamond Bar, wherever there's a big Kaiser out there. And she's in the COVID-19 uh, 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 ward. And she says, hey, this thing is spiking because we got all these people that we got the whole tons of people that are just in the hospital now. And uh, about 30 seconds later, I get a call from one of my other borrowers who uh, is a nurse up in Monterey and she works up there around the clock for three days and and then drives down to Southern California where it's cheaper to buy a house and, uh, and has four days off. And I said, Hey, what's your opinion on this COVID-19 thing? She goes, it's a scam. And I said, yeah, but my, one of my guys, Wife just said this and she goes, well, you know, now that now that we're we're testing now that the country is opening up, um, if we test someone, if someone has any kind of symptoms, we test them and then we have to admit them to the hospital until the test comes back positive or negative. We're not allowed to say Hey, you're having symptoms, but we're going to send you back into the general public and uh, we'll call you in two days and tell you, oh, by the way, you're positive. So that's why everything's filling up. So don't listen to the BS about the spike. Don't listen to it. I have another client who actually got it that he works at the jail in Riverside, and he worked with the guy that died out there. And he said, hey, I got it. I was, in, I was, uh, uh, I had, I was right next to, to this guy. I actually tested positive for it. I had kind of a headache and uh, felt kind of fatigued for about two or three days, and I had to stay quarantined for two weeks. But it was no different than just being sick. You know, it was it was like no big deal. Hey, you know, I caught the flu. I caught you know, and, and we got over it. This thing isn't killing people. There are some people that are are more, are more are at more danger than than others. And and you know, if you've got immune immune issues, if you have if you're in your 60s or 70s, which I'm almost there myself. Um, you know, if you have any of those things, but this is not the plague that the government's trying to, the government, the Democrats are trying to pull over on us so they can make the economy die to make Trump look bad. So anyway, wake up guys, come out, come out of the ether. Uh, so let's talk about Biden in the basement. Joe Biden is still locked in his all white basement in uh, Delaware. I'm not sure if that's a statement or anything, but his basement sure seems to be have a lot, a lot of whiteness in it. Um, And uh, that's where the Democrats want him to stay until November 3rd. One of his top surrogates, Clinton ally, Terry McAuliffe, uh, who was formerly the governor of Virginia and also the head of the democratic party said in a video conference meeting of Virginia Democrats this week, that the former vice president should remain in the basement where he's been remotely campaigning during the, during the quarantine. People say all the time, oh, we gotta get the vice president out of the basement. He's fine in the basement. <laughs> two people see him a day, his two body people, that's that. And
0: let Trump keep doing what Trump's doing. It's hard for the vice president to break through. You've got the COVID crisis. He's not a governor, doesn't have a national guard. He's not the president, doesn't have the briefing room. He needs to come out strategically and when he says something like he did on race relations two days ago, it needs to have a big impact, thoughtful, and that's what we're preferring that he
2: actually do at the time. Yeah, so he doesn't look stupid like uh, making a speech with, uh, with his, with his uh, mask hanging from one ear or uh, just putting his foot in his mouth, which is about every, every 90 seconds. Well, Biden has stayed in the basement this week, but that didn't stop him from spreading conspiracy theories about the president. On The Daily Show, he implied that, that if Trump lost the election in November, military escorts would be needed to force him out of the White House on Inauguration Day.
0: And you have so many... Rank and file military personnel saying, "Whoa, we're not a military state. This is not who we are." I promise you, I'm absolutely convinced they will escort him from the White House in a, in a, with great dispatch.
2: Yeah, I can see that. I can see that happening. I think that's what uh, I think that's what Hillary Clinton used to say. And uh, you know, it's the conspiracy theory that Trump is so Trump is so out there and so. So he's gonna take, he's not, he's not even gonna give it up after his second term. That's such BS. Uh, but Biden doesn't seem convinced of his own victory just yet. Taking a page from Hillary Clinton's playbook, let me rephrase that, uh, taking another page from Hillary Clinton's playbook, he's already floating out the idea that Trump is ready to steal the election.
0: This president's gonna to try to steal this election. This is the guy who said that all mail-in ballots are fraudulent, direct, voting by mail while he sits behind the desk in Oval Office and writes his mail-in ballot to vote in the primary.
2: You know, what's funny is they say things that are just completely untrue, and nobody challenges it. You no, know, the, the Trump, President Trump didn't say that all mail-in ballots were fraudulent. He said, if we went to an all mail-in ballot election, that's an opportunity for, for fraudulent activities, to, for someone to steal the election. And we've seen it proven over and over and over. And in many and so hey, you know what? We can't prove every fraudulent vote, but we can prove that there's fraud going on with more votes than our living people in uh, in in districts. Well, hey, you know we only got uh, you know four thousand people uh, registered to vote, but we got uh, and we got six thousand people actually living in this in this uh, precinct, but we got ten thousand votes, and they're all for the Democrat. I don't understand how that happened. You know what? Use your common sense. And I've mentioned things on social media and and these young kids go state your source, state your source, common sense, common sense. Every election in California, two years ago, everyone that went to the Republican got overturned after they, after they counted the mail-in ballots. It's beyond the laws of, of probability that it could happen. Um, So let's end. let's end with this moment from Joe Biden's past. He'd probably like to forget in, in, uh, In light of all the uh, Black Lives Matter and defund the police and all this stuff, this is Senator Joe Biden supporting the Clinton crime bill, which historians say had a major impact on mass incarceration of black men. Oh, yeah, but if uh, black guys don't, uh, don't vote for Biden, they're not even black. Much of the criminal justice reform we hear about today is about reversing the effects of the Clinton crime bill. And yet, here's Joe Biden in 1993. Imagine if this was a Republican senator.
0: It doesn't matter whether or not they're the victims of society. The end result is they're about to knock my mother on the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my sons. So I don't want to ask, what made them do this? They must be taken off the street. We should focus on them now, not out of a liberal instinct for love, brother, and humanity, although I think that's a good instinct, but for simple pragmatic reasons. If we don't, they will, or a portion of them will, become the predators 15 years from now.
2: Yeah, I think we've seen that be the truth. And I think uh, if you guys think, for those of you people in California that happen to be Democrats or that, that uh, routinely vote Democrat, think about this. Think about what's going on. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna post that uh, that Bevlin Beatty uh, uh, video on my website at ed, edhoffman.net in case you can't find it on. I don't know if it's on YouTube or if you can't find it on Facebook. Um, but I'm gonna post it there and listen to the whole 25 minutes of it. And and she'll bring out the hypocrisy of the Democrat Party and of of the the races and how we treat each other. And you know what? I say, hey, you know what? I hate to say it, but it's the truth. And, you know, people say, hey, you can't say that. You can't say it on the radio. What are people going to think? They're going to think that I, that, I, that I see all races equally. You no, know life is hard for everybody. It's not extra hard because you're black. It's just extra hard. So if your life is hard, you think it, you, you have your parents and your community telling you it's because you're black. It's not because you're black. It's because you're human. Welcome to the human race. This is how this is how we survive. We fight the fights. We we uh, we we overcome adversity. And you know, a hammer a hammer can shatter glass or it can forge steel. Which are you? If you want to be if you want to be tough and you want to be want to be strong and you want to be financially secure and you want to have a good life, you have to be able to handle the problems. You got to be able to overcome and don't don't say, oh, this isn't fair. It's cause cause of my color it's fair because you're human. And like Bevel and Beatty said, it's not fair for us to, uh, to sugarcoat that because, you know, we're not doing a, any justice to anybody to, you know, uh, black parents out there telling your kids that life's going to be hard because you're black. It's not going to be hard because you're black. It's going to be hard because you're human and you got to overcome the, the adversity out there. You have to be tough enough to do it. Well, Ed, Ed has it has a, has everything going for him because he's got money. Guess what? Guess what? As early as 32 years ago, when I when I met my wife Don, they said, "Oh, Don's with, Don's with Ed because of his money, because Don's way better looking than me." And she goes, "Hey, Ed didn't have any money when I met him. He didn't have two nickels to rub together, and he had bad credit and proceeded to ruin my credit." So, uh, so you know what? You want to turn your life around? It's up to you. You can do it. And don't don't buy all this crap that you're hearing from the Democrats. Think for yourself. Look, listen, read, put it all together, and use some common sense. Hey, we've got uh, about 145 days until November 3rd. Let's spread the word. If you don't talk, you're not doing your job. Hey, I'm all out of time for this episode of The Main Event. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you
0: next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions Summit Funding Incorporated, Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California TRE ID number 1012658, Arizona MLO License number 0926439, Branch MLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated, MLS ID number 3199, Arizona License number 0925837, April Housing Opportunity.